Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I'm going to talk to you tonight about grace. And it's something that I've ministered before, but I just felt impressed to pull it back out because this is a different aspect of grace than what you probably maybe have heard. But you, if, you've, if you've been around a long time, you probably will recall this message. But it's something that needs to be pulled out every so often because we need to hear it again. And uh, so let's just kind of, I'm just going to, I'm going to do some, some talk about some things about grace before we actually get to the, the point of what, of what the aspect that I want to talk about tonight. But you know, if you go into the Bible and you start, you start talking about grace, you see the things that are said about grace. The Bible says we're saved by grace. We're justified by grace. We have redemption through grace. Remittance of our sins is through grace. That we believe through grace. Paul said he was called by grace. He was made a partaker of grace. He was made a minister of the gospel according to grace. He maintains good conduct, maintains good conduct by the grace of God. Grace is a gift that was prophesied by the prophets of old, and we are heirs of this gift. In the Old Testament, they could only prophesy about it. They had no understanding of what that was going to mean to us, what it was going to mean to the life of a believer. They didn't even have a concept of what a believer was. Believe what? You know, but they prophesied about it, and you and I get to enjoy it. We're heirs of the grace of God. We're told in the Word to grow in grace, to stand in grace, to continue in grace, to abound in grace, to be strong in grace, to be good stewards of grace. Our speech is supposed to be seasoned with grace. And what we say should minister grace to the hearers. The word goes on. It says, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Hallelujah. God says his grace is sufficient. God gives grace to the humble. He says you can receive grace in vain. It says you can fall short of the grace of God. It says you can be removed from the grace. It says you can frustrate grace says you can fall from grace. Listen, grace is a very real entity. It can be perceived. In grace, we're accepted into the beloved. We're given hope through grace. Grace enables us to serve God effectively. Grace is described as rich, exceedingly abundant, and the word says that God gives grace, more grace, and grace upon grace. There's a lot to be said about grace. You know, when you talk about grace, most people immediately go to the concept that most of us are very familiar with, which is unmerited favor. And that is so true. But, you know, it's like, it's like the diamonds that are in my ring. There's multifacets. And when the light catches it, it reflects a lot of colors. Not just one color, but a lot of colors. Grace is like that. It's, it's so abundant it's so multifaceted that you can talk infinitely about all the different aspects of grace. And they're all true. They're all real. They're all valid. They're all necessary. And so tonight we're going to be talking about some parts of grace. Uh, Ephesians 2.8 says, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's his grace and your faith. And it's no longer unmerited once we're born again. When we were sinners, lost, 
without God, we didn't merit that favor. But I'm telling you what, it's no longer unmerited. Once we have stepped over into the life of God, favor belongs to us everywhere we go, in everything we do, with every place we find ourselves in, with every person we come in contact with, God's favor is on us. Amen. Because, because of who we are. Now, grace in the strongest concordance in the Old Testament defines grace as favor. But in the New Testament, I want you to listen to this definition. It says divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life of the believer. An actual power, influence, enablement, and ability upon the heart that changes our lives, that reflects in our lives and what we do and how we conduct ourselves. That's a nice long definition, but it's true. A divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life of the believer. An actual power, influence, enablement, and ability upon the heart that changes our lives, that reflects in our lives and what we do and how we conduct ourselves. Grace is real. And it can work for us just like healing works for us. The more you know and the more you understand about grace, the more it causes a reality in our lives. And it can be applied in so many different places in our lives. You know, just, it's just amazing. It says God gives grace to help. He gives us that something extra. A divine influence which will change us. And reflect in us and what we do. Romans 6 says we're not under the law anymore, but we're under grace. The law of Moses produced an outward working, but the grace of God produces an inward working. You know, if, if, you, if you go back and you look at, at all the things that the children of Israel had to do, it's, it's like, my heavens, did you find, how could you find time to do anything else? I mean, they had so many rules and regulations and, and it was just a matter of works and what they did and, and how they acted and it was just there was nothing hard about it. See, God, God wants to work from the inside out. All the law could do was work, work from the outside, but it never really changed the inside. The only thing that they could do was to conduct themselves according to the law and take animals to the temple for sacrifice, and use that blood to cover, not get rid of, but just cover their sins. That's all the law will do. It'll just cover some things up for a while. It'll just, it'll get you working so hard that it all looks good on the outside, but it's not coming from a place on the inside where it's, it's, it's a, a spring, a well, um, a fountain of things that just, just come out, and that you do what you do because of what's on the inside. We used to sing it all the There's something on the inside that's working on the outside. And that's grace. Grace is on the inside. And it's working on the outside. There's so many different ways it can be working on the outside. You know, well, in, the, in the New Testament, there's, uh, there's three different kinds of graces that I have found so far. Number one, saving grace. Ephesians 2.8. Why don't you just go over there? Ephesians 2, 8. 
trying to slow myself down tonight so we won't get too, too finished too, too early. Uh, but that has never really happened, now has it? Okay. Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a, the gift of God. Now go with me to Romans 6. Hallelujah. Romans 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I'm telling you what, just, just to know what God has provided for us, you know, in the, in the finished work of Jesus, is an absolutely amazing thing. Pastor was talking on Sunday, you know, about the fact that if all we ever got out of being born again was just the knowledge that we're going to heaven, that we're going to live for eternity with him in a place called heaven. And you know what? It, it amazes me, and, and just in talking in just the last, in just recent days with somebody, and I just right off hand, I just, I'm just having a little struggle here remembering who that was, but they were, they were believers, and they were talking about, you know, some other believers, and, it just, and I said, you know what? It, it, it's amazing to me that believers still don't understand that heaven is a real place. It's as real as Jacksonville. It's as real as Alachua. It's as real as any place on this, on the earth on the, that you can name. It's as real and it exists every bit as much as any one of those towns, those cities. And even believers sometimes just lose sight of the concept. It's a real place. When someone leaves here and goes there, they've just changed addresses. I don't have the zip code for heaven. But I know that I can reach heaven through my prayers. And heaven reaches down to me. It's not encumbered by distance. It's not encumbered by methods of transportation. It's not encumbered by time zones. It's not encumbered by anything. It's a real place. But anyway, well, that's another subject. Then there's serving grace. Go with me to Romans. Well, you're in Romans. Just turn over a few pages to the first chapter. And let's go to verse 5. This is Paul talking. Romans 1, verse 5. Paul said this about himself. He said, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Ephesians 3. You're not too far away. Go to Ephesians 3. Hallelujah. Verse 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word. He's talking about that he's been given grace to minister to you. The grace that God's put on him was for your benefit. It's serving grace. Galatians, well, let's see, uh, verses 7 and 8 in the same chapter. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now go with me to Galatians 2.9. Just go back a couple of pages. 
Galatians 2, verse 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and that they unto the circumcision. Now, Acts 14, 26. Hallelujah. I'm getting somewhere. Don't worry. Acts 14, 26. And thence sailed to Antioch, from which they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. There is a grace that comes with serving. We use all these examples of Paul, Paul being called into the ministry. But you know, there's a grace to serve no matter what capacity you serve in. Whether it's in the ministry of helps in some capacity or whether it's in fivefold ministry, there is a grace for that. And, you know, over the years and all these years we've been ministering and been pastoring and our experiences in being uh, in leadership where other ministers are concerned and, and, and RMAI uh, leadership over the years, you know, we understand that there is a grace upon ministers. And unfortunately, there are ministers who are trying to operate in places they shouldn't be operating because there's no grace for them in that. You know, you see people who flounder in ministry because they're not, Try, they're not operating where they're supposed to be operating. And there's no grace for what they're not supposed to be doing. The grace is only available to what you are supposed to be doing. That's really true in, in all of our lives. You know, God will grace what he ordains. God will grace what he ordains. There will be a grace that comes with it. There will be a gifting, a supernatural divine influence, an enablement that comes with whatever he's asked you to do. Whatever he's put on your heart to do. You know, there are times when it's not necessarily on our heart, but God will talk to us about doing something. And you're going, really? Really, Lord? Do you really want me to do that? Really? Do I have to do that? Okay. I remember years ago, a pastor was, was a, a primary boy's teacher. Now, the church we were in back at the time, primary was six, seven, and eight-year-olds, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? They were little. They were little. There was a grace upon him for that time that he served because that was needed at the time. Someone asked him, would you be willing to do this? And he said, yes. And so for the time he, he ministered to those, those little wonderful young men, he had a grace to do it. You know, I thought, you know, you're looking back on it, you think, well, you know, that's, that's pretty good training. You start with that age group, you know, you can, get, you can do anything. <laughs> to, me, to me, I've always thought the hardest age group in the world was junior high. You know, it's just, they're just, man, they're a mess. When they're that age, they're just a mess. You know, I remember what I was like when I was 13. It was not pretty. You know, it just wasn't. I was just all over the place. And, and uh, I think junior high boys are just, hmm, they're even worse than junior high girls. You know, but anyway, you know, there's a grace, you know, over the years, you know, because, because of the way I was raised, you know, I was raised up in church and, and my first experience out of the house as a newborn was to church. You know, my dad went into the ministry when I was a baby, you know, he was in the ministry till I was a teenager. You know, I, I have served in every possible capacity in the local church that can be done with the exception of sound. I don't think I've ever tackled sound. 
You know, there would have to be a real grace for that. You know, but, but, you know, there's just almost nothing, you know, that I haven't done. And it's not always been because it was my heart to do as much as it was a job that needed doing. You know, and so you do it. There is a grace to serve. You know, if somebody ever comes to you and asks you, would you consider doing this, don't automatically discount it. Don't automatically say, I don't think so. Don't automatically say, that's just not my cup of tea. Because you might get in there and find the grace that comes with it and might actually enjoy it. Wow, is that possible? I might actually find this is fun. You might. You just might. I mean, there's been times over the years when, when I've had to step into places that were uncomfortable. They were not something I would necessarily have chosen, but there was a grace there to get the job done until it was time to move on to something else. When I and Cindy Cool went left here and went out to Bible school, somebody had to be the praise and worship leader. Well, that, that, that fell into my lap for the two years, almost two years that they were gone. Was it a place that was really mine? No, but it needed doing. And so while they were gone, I stepped into that. I'm not sure. I, I, don't even, I, didn't want, I don't even really want to go back and think about how good a job it was. You know, but we got through it. You know, and that's what, that's what mattered. You know what I mean? And I recall at least one service, you know, during that time that was astounding. But it wasn't me. It was the grace that was upon me to get the job done. And it was, and it was not just my grace. It was the gracing of an entire congregation to just flow with it, you know, during that time. You know, of course, as soon as they got back in town, I said, here you go, Ike. It's all yours again. I'm done. <laughs> the grace was gone. <laughs> and I was ready to hand it back to the person who had the grace for it. You know, but there is... There's such, an, there's such a um, dependency that is needed when it comes to fulfilling the spots that we find ourselves in and serving in any capacity. You know, Paul referred to the grace that was given to him often. He opened and closed his letters. He opened and closed Romans, every last one of the epistles, with grace be unto you. He would end it with grace be to you. He realized grace was needed. There was grace he needed to be able to communicate what God had put on his heart to the people he was writing to. By the same token, the people he was writing to needed grace to hear and understand what he was saying to them, that they would receive it as it was the word of God, that it would come in and it would make a difference in their lives, that it would, that it would change them, that their eyes would be opened, they would see it. He depended on grace to help get that job done. And so that's why he mentioned it all the time. You're able to do whatever you're called to do, whatever you need to do. You can tap into that grace, whether it's an immediate Oh, God, I've got this to do, and I've got it to do now. I mean, it might be just an immediate thing. God, help me. There's a grace that can come on you to do something. What if, what if you found yourself in a situation where somebody asks you a question, you know, a, a, a spiritual question, a Bible question, and you're going, help, Lord, help. Grace will be there to give you the answer that you need. Have you ever done that? 
I mean, I found myself a few times where I'm just, I'm just kind of like, okay, my, my attention's here, here, I've got things going on, and suddenly there's a need, someone has a need standing in front of me, and in and of myself, I'm going, God, I got nothing to give them. I'm just like tapped out right this minute, and the grace of God suddenly just enables me to find the words to say and to do what they need. What they need. Then there's other things, you know, other situations you might find yourself in that be uh, that are short duration. You know, this is a short-term thing that I've got to deal with, and, and, and the grace of God is just there, you know, to help you do it. And there's other things that may be long-term things that, that you just, you, you're going to have to have grace that you know to get through this. And, and, and it's there. It's available. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 6 says that there's been gifts differing. He's given us gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. Hebrews 12, 28 says, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. There's one thing to serve God. There's another thing to serve God acceptably. You know, there, it, there is a difference. Sometimes we serve, but we don't necessarily serve with our whole heart. We're just reluctant, maybe, in what we're doing. We're half-hearted with what we're doing. But I tell you what, when you give yourselves to what you're called to do or what you've been asked to do, what you've volunteered to do, maybe what you didn't volunteer to do but you find yourself doing, you know, there's a grace that will come with it to do whatever it is acceptably. You know, we, we have to keep in mind sometimes that no matter what it is we're doing, do it as unto the Lord. Don't do it as unto people. Don't look for your reward. Don't look for your uh, gratitude to come from people. I heard, I heard uh, Keith Moore say one time, he said, if you're looking to peep for people to tell you how good you are, you're looking in the wrong place. Don't expect, don't expect anything from anybody. Expect your satisfaction and your compensation, whether it's be affirmation or whatever, to come from God. I know that there are the five love languages, and some people's love language is, is affirmation. You know, that they're always told how good a job they're doing. Listen, if that's the only reason we're doing something, we're not doing it acceptably. That, that, that pat on the back, it's good to pat people on the back. It's good to encourage people. It's good. It is good. But that shouldn't be the basis of why we do or don't do something. We have to know that we're doing it unto the Lord. Whether anybody ever notices it, whether anybody ever says anything, whether anybody says, boy, good job, doesn't matter. It's, it's unto God. But there's a grace that comes with what we do. Hallelujah. Um, then there's standing grace. You know, there are times we find ourselves in situations where the struggle gets wrong. You know, the Bible talks to us and tells us to don't grow weary in well-doing. And there is a grace for that time where we stand. 
What, what, is stand, what is standing? It's the time between believing I receive it and the time you see it manifested in the natural. There's a, there's a span of time in there. Sometimes it's short. Sometimes it's longer. You know, there's just a, sometimes you just have to stand your ground because the enemy's fighting you every step of the way. God has never withheld his answers. God answers us from the moment that we believe. But the enemy is here to keep you from getting hold of it. He, and so in the meantime, while he's trying to keep you from, from grabbing hold of that thing in the natural, there's a time to stand, and sometimes we get weary. Am I by myself in that? I'm not. There is a standing grace where you just go, don't matter, don't matter. It's fine, whatever. You know, I know what God has said. I know what he's promised me. I know what the word says. I know what I have. I know what's mine. And I'm not being moved off of it. There's a grace that comes during that time. If you go over to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 2. Paul's writing. And he's saying, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy... And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. The grace of God was on these people. They didn't have much, but they gave liberally. I mean, they were standing with Paul. They were helping Paul. And they were doing their part. You know, there's times just in standing, there's a part to do. In spite of what anything looks like, there's still a part that we play, a part what we do. Hebrews 12, 28 says, let us have grace whereby we may serve. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong, wrong verse. First um, Peter 5, verses 7 through 10. First Peter 5, 7 through 10. I'm just going to start in verse 7 so you can get the point of where we're going, which is actually verse 10. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. There's a key word here, may. He may not devour me. You need, you need to make a determination. He may not. And the only way he will is if I, if I let him. Do you hear me? It's your choice as to whether he devours you. It's your decision to make whether he will or will not devour you. It's not his ability. It has nothing to do with his ability. It has to do with your determination with whether you will stand or whether you will fail. But anyway, it goes on. It says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Oh, man, can we stand? Yes, we can. The God of all grace is strengthening me, perfecting me, establishing me, and settling me. Hallelujah. It is in the power given to you to be strong because God has given you 
that something extra that will affect your life in whatever area you need it in. Say in salvation, maybe you need some grace to walk out your salvation. The Bible talks about we, we walk it out. And how do you walk it out? By taking my flesh and changing it to reflect what's on the inside of me. Changing my thoughts, renewing my mind, changing my actions, my habits. There's a grace. Say somebody wanted to quit smoking. There's a grace for that. There really is. There's a grace for it. Maybe there's some other kind of thing that, that, you, that you need a grace. Maybe it's to stop eating chocolate. I don't know. I don't know who wants to stop eating chocolate. But maybe the Lord's dealt with you about leaving that chocolate on. There's a grace for walking that out. Let me tell you, I was doing real good where potato chips were concerned until Mia came to stay with us during the camp week. And I thought, well, I'm going to have you making some sandwiches during the day, and she needs something to go with the sandwiches, and Papa is going to have some sandwiches with her, and he's going to need some something. And so, and so I'm going to make some dip, and they're going to need something to dip the dip in. You've you got to have something to put the dip. So what did I do? I bought some, I bought some potato chips. Oh, Lord. I mean, I thought I had that thing conquered. I found out real quick, mm, it's back. <laughs> So the grace that's given to me is, is, is I avoid that aisle when I go to Walmart. Just, you don't, you, you don't know. You, you do, I mean, you just walk right by those wavy lays, lightly salted potato chips, and you keep on giving. There's a grace. There's grace. There's grace. This last year, I've had to depend a lot on the grace of God to help me change some things. You know, just, I've had to. I nearly died last year. Because my blood sugar level was so off, off, off the charts. You know, we've gotten that under control. But you know what? There had to come a grace with that to help me. Because I liked all those things that got me to that place. I love carbs. There's, there's got to be a grace to help me stay away from those things. Until it doesn't, it's not a struggle anymore. See, there's a grace to help you in every area to walk out these things, to renew your mind so that you think like God thinks, so you act like God acts, so you say, you speak, and do the th kind of things that God would be pleased with. There's a grace to help you. There is a grace. Hallelujah. How about in service? We've already talked about that. Tasks that you're given, maybe in the local church body or maybe out, you know, in, in the natural workforce or at home. Things that, that you, you have to take on that seem beyond your skill set. There's a grace for that. When we went off to Ramah, I hadn't worked in five years. I mean, I hadn't taken an x-ray, you know, in five years. And suddenly I'm in a doctor's office and, and I'm, just, I'm just so, uh, just, oh, oh, anxiety ridden over the fact, I don't know, do I remember how to do this? And Oh, Lord, and, and this particular doctor's office didn't have an automatic processor, so we were having to do films, you know, develop them by hand. And, Lord, it's been, I haven't done those in, in I mean, we, we, we had a short little segment of, you know, how to process films by hand, you know, when I was in x-ray school, but I haven't done anything like that since. And, oh, Lord, I'm telling you what, grace had to kick in. Grace had to kick in, and it did. 
And it was in a short time that it did. And grace followed me all through that job. Not only did we conquer that part of the job, I took on another aspect when I was working for those doctors. I took on lab, which I'd never done before. You know, all, all, I was going to start out just, okay, you know, the, the lab guy comes in in the afternoon, and, and uh, so all they wanted me to do was do the x-rays that needed to be done because it, it was a group of five doctors, and some days were busy with x-rays, some days were not. So, okay, well, I fill in your time by helping with the lab stuff. You just go draw the blood and label it, and when he comes in in the afternoon, you know, he'll, he'll take care of all that kind of stuff. Well, I kind of got to learn more and more and more and more and more. I mean, grace filled in the gaps. Until one day, I found myself running the lab as well as the x-ray. And I got paid more for it. Hallelujah. But you know, there was a grace given me to do all that kind of stuff. Then there's grace for standing just in my natural life. There have been hard times, difficult times. The year I had cancer, you know, there were six months of chemo. Kendra can identify with me on this, and some of you can identify with me on this. This was, it was a struggle physically, emotionally, you know, every way. But there, there came a grace in that. It was, it was so tangible and so real to me that I had no idea how bad I looked at the end of all that. Until one day, I remember I had, I had finished up chemo in July, and my birthday was coming up in August, and they did a surprise party for me. It was a combination end of chemo and birthday party for me, and surprise party, and they took some pictures, and later when I saw the pictures, I went, oh my gosh, goodness, I look terrible. But you know what? I had no idea. I had no idea that physically it affected me at all because the grace of God was so tangible on me that I, it never even phased me. Never even phased me. But I'm telling you what, there's, there's something that God can give you, this gift called grace that enables you to do something successfully, victoriously, without it being so much effort on your part, Without it being a strain, does anybody have any of those furniture sliders at home? Does anybody have? I mean, I love those things. Now, I found out real quick that there are pieces of furniture that I got no business trying to move. I could move them, but it's probably not going to be pretty the next day, if you know what I mean. You know, my back's going to hurt or something's going to hurt, you know. But I found out all I got to do is just lift up the edge of that thing enough to slide that little stuff under there and then just take my little fingers and just push that furniture. See, that's what grace will do for you. It's the sliders. It will, it will give you the ability to just slide whatever the obstacle, whatever the situation, whatever the difficulty, you just slide it on out. You've moved it to where it needs to go. You're finished with that. You take those sliders out. You go on about your life, and you look like, well, that was easy. That was easy. Get your spiritual sliders out. It's called grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have to do anything. Our willingness and our heart to use our ability, our anointings, and our gifts are enhanced by God's grace. He's not going to do it all. He's just not going to suddenly zap you and change you from Clark Kent into Superman unless you've got a heart and a willingness to do this and to use what he's already given you and put it into practice. Grace is a gift that's to be used 
not set up on a shelf gathering dust. Yeah, but I can't do this. I just can't. Well, did you ever, did it ever occur to you to ask God for some grace? Did it occur to you? You know, I found myself in places where I made it hard on myself because I never even asked God for any grace. You know, and later you kind of go, you know, it's kind of like one of those, I could have had a V8 commercials. I could have had some grace to do this. And why did I struggle so much? Why did I make it so hard on myself? God never intended it for me to be that hard. You know, am I trying to get some badge of courage here? You know, oh, you poor thing. You know, it was just so hard. You, it was just so difficult, but you managed to make it through. No. God doesn't want you to go, oh, okay, okay, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. No, he wants you to say, glory to God, we did this, Lord. We did it. He wants you, Hebrews talks about coming to the throne of grace that you may receive grace to help in time of need. What do you need? What do you need? He's willing to give it to you. Just tell him what you need. That's always my answer. What do you need? God said, what do you need? Hallelujah. You know, when we were building the church, you know, and, and there was, I mean, building this church and putting all, everything together, and it kind of cured me of my shopping ways because I had to go find so much stuff. And, I mean, I, I was over, all over the entire northern half of Florida finding different things. That was before the Internet got so, so good. But I'm telling you what, there were just times when I just, I just said, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by all of this. you got to pick out colors. you got to pick out tile. you got to pick out carpet. you got to pick out fish. you got to pick out that. I mean, I, here I am. I'm going through chemo when, they, when the painters want to paint color, and I'm going, I don't have carpet. I don't have tile. I don't have anything, and you want me to give you a paint color. I don't know what to do. And I just had to say, Lord, you got to help me. Somebody had come along and, and, and had just mentioned to me something about Holy Ghost decorating. And I said, okay, this is a good time for it. Lord, I need, I need your help. And so I picked out a color. And by the time we got through and moved in here, it was as though somebody had sat down with me and we had picked it all out at one time because it all went together so well. But I was careful and have always been careful not to, not to, to let somebody say, you did a great job. I say, no, God helped me. God helped me. God graced me to figure all of that out. You know, we can get to the place where we, we find ourselves moving and operating in the grace of God, and we have to be careful to recognize it, identify it, and give credit where credit is due. So don't pat yourself on the back. You did such a wonderful job, but you just give glory to the one who gave you the ability to get the job done. Because of his grace. Hallelujah. You know, Romans says that the law, which is works, brings death, which will be burnout. You try to do it on your own, and all you're going to get is burnout. When you get a big project going on in your life, if you can't, if you're just depending on what you can do, burnout is going to follow. But I'm telling you what, grace will bring life in that, any situation. It brings peace, it brings rest. It brings the assurance that you're not on your own, that you don't have to do this by yourself. You know, God is, is there. 
And so, you know, Second Peter talks about growing in grace and in the knowledge and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're called upon daily to do things that we're just not capable in and of ourselves of doing successfully or bringing it to completion. It can be natural things. It can be spiritual things. I started writing all these things down. How about a new school year as a teacher or as a parent or as a student? There's a grace that can come for the next school year. A grace. Instead of dreading it, teachers, I don't have too many students in here, but well, even well, college students, you know, they're like, maybe, okay, this semester I have to take this physics course and I am clueless. There's a grace for it. There's a grace for it. How about... A person who finds themselves, say, suddenly you're a single parent. Man, tough job. There's a grace for it. There's a grace for it. I, I, I'm thinking of, of you know, there's, I've, I've, I recall situations over the years where, you know, I mean, I went to school with a girl who was a single parent and she was, and she was always talking about how hard it was. And, I'm, you know, I, did, I didn't know enough back then to help her. You know, but over the years, you run across people who find themselves in that kind of situation when they're a single parent, you know, maybe uh, whatever age, you know, those, that child or children may be. You know, let them know there's a grace that they can walk in to do their job as a single parent. How about the person who suddenly finds themselves single? maybe through divorce or maybe even death, and suddenly you're faced with the reality of this changes my entire life. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to cope. I don't know how I'm going to handle this on my own. You don't have to handle it on your own. The grace of God is there and available to help you readjust to life. That situation may not change, it may change one day. Maybe you, maybe you go months, years, whatever, you know, and, and you find, suddenly you find yourself not maybe widowed anymore or divorced anymore. Maybe you now have another spouse. There's a grace for that time. Listen, there's a grace for being married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we all, we all find ourselves in times where there's, there better be some grace here, you know. <laughs> better be some grace, you know. Okay, that's your... That's your Conversation be seasoned with grace. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that describes married life, all right. Uh, minister grace to the hearer. Yeah, yeah, that, that can describe married life, all right. Mm -hmm. How about uh, when you found yourself as a new parent? Oh, my goodness. I did not do well with children who wanted to be up in the middle of the night. Just didn't. But there was grace for it. Thankfully, the grace wasn't necessary after about a month and a half. They were suddenly they were sleeping all night long. Thank you, Jesus. You know, not all kids learn to sleep all night long in a month and a half. You know, my guys were great sleepers, you know, but there's a grace. There's a transition, you know. Maybe you're bringing another baby into the house, you know, and you already got kids. There's a grace for the adjustment period of the kids who are already there, you know, as well as for this new baby. There's grace. We find ourselves in situations all the time where we need God's grace. Uh, how about you suddenly find yourself as a caregiver to an older parent? 
I mean, I found myself there a few years ago when my dad had an accident, and, you know, for six weeks I was back and forth to Jacksonville, you know, at the hospital and helping my mom make decisions. Who Basically, my mother would just defer everything to me, so, you know, suddenly all these decisions, you know, that came up, suddenly I'm having to make all these things. There was a grace for that. I remember when, it, when I lost sight of, my, of the grace that I was operating in, and I'm just... I'm just in my car on the way back to Jacksonville going, God, I cannot keep doing this. I've got a life here. I cannot keep doing this. You know, and I was reminded that there's grace. You know, you can lose sight of grace just like you can lose sight of your faith. You can lose it. Then you have to get yourself back to a place where, okay, all right, God, I thank you for the grace that is mine. I know, Father, I've been operating in this grace, and I know I'm going to get back into it. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Then there's um, maybe you're on the job, and some, suddenly you find yourself having someone else's duties added to your own. could be temporary, like they went on vacation. They went on maternity leave. Or they quit. Or somebody just decided that you do such a wonderful job, and you do it so well and so quickly that now we're going to give you more to do. And you're going, well, maybe I just worked myself into a hole here. I don't know. Well, if that's, that's your place, then there's a grace for it until you can get a hold of it. How about uh, just in a situation with unreasonable people? Ever been on the job and suddenly you have just found yourself in a place where suddenly, I mean, out of nowhere, somebody is giving you grief and you don't know why and what did I do to what I do to tick you off, I, I mean, what's happening? There's a grace. There's a grace to deal with that situation. How about somebody ask you something to do something you've never done before? Like me, when I went back to work after five years, after a long time. Uh, okay, there's a grace. Overwhelming circumstances of any kind. You know, there's a grace for it. How about a, a building project? Man, there had to be some grace around here when this, this building was being built. Uh, did we always, you know, grab hold and retain that grace like we should? Probably not. I've been through renovation projects where I could tell, okay, this was supposed to take five weeks. We're now into week seven. The grace is lifting. And uh, I, need, I need my house back. But at the end of it, you know, you were so happy because it was just beautiful when you turned. It's kind of like, you know, at the end of a pregnancy. Now, some of you, obviously, you guys cannot understand this, you know. But at the end of a pregnancy, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm over. Now, for me, with PG, I had a, in my mind, I'm going to have this baby at the end of October. Yeah, middle to, to late October. The doctor is telling me, like, the first week of November. Now, my darling son... The first week of December still had not come. And so I was way past over it, way past it. But, you know, when he finally arrived and everything, you know, you forget all of that. You know, I'm not sure how much grace I was operating back in there because I didn't know anything about grace. I just knew the next person who came up to me and said, you haven't had that baby yet, I was going to deck him. <laughs> I'm, I'm out to here. Do you, what, what does it look like? What? What? You know? It's not cute anymore. It's not cute anymore. I am four weeks past when they said this baby was coming. It's not funny. It is not funny. The stretch marks that I never had before, now I got, and it's not funny. You know, so, 
but, but you know, I don't care what the situation is. There's a grace for it. Hallelujah. How about a new business? You start a new business. You go into it expecting that this, you know, is going to take some time. But grace needs to be there to help you while this thing gets off the ground or else you're going to get discouraged when the business, that the clients, the, the clientele, the, the orders don't come in as, as quickly as you were expecting or hoping or would like from you. There's a grace for it. Hallelujah. You know, we talked about, about schooling, a particularly hard course. There's a grace for it. Don't let the grace of God just sit like a present that you look at and go, oh, isn't that nice? It's, it's so packaged, so pretty. You know, it's just, it's just so nice. And just sit there. My dad used to do that. He used to drive me crazy. I'd give him something. Like, he, like I got him a hot lather machine because he always he never used an electric razor until he, he couldn't do the, that anymore. And he let this hot lather machine sit there for one solid year before he opened it. And he enjoyed it greatly. He could have been enjoying it for a whole year before the warranty ran out. But he didn't. And sometimes grace is like that. We will let it sit on the shelf not understanding that it's to be used. And if it's used, we will enjoy our lives so much better. Hallelujah. So what happens if you find yourself in a place where things don't seem to be going so well? Well, here's some questions to ask. Did I ever ask for his grace for this situation? Did I, did I, did I ever say, God, I need your grace? Did you? Am I expecting his grace to be at work in me? You know, the devil yaps in your ears all the time. You know, he tells us all of our shortcomings as though we don't know them already. But he just magnifies them, you know, and goes on and on and on. Am I expecting God's grace to work in me for whatever the reason? Am I really expecting it? Or have I thought, ah, you know, this is too much, it's too hard. You know, God doesn't really care about me. You know, I'm not good enough. Stop all that nonsense. Am I expecting you? The answer should be yes. Am I thanking God daily for the grace that's at work in me? That's the way to keep it stirred up. That's the way to keep it on fire, to keep it alive on the inside of you. Thank God daily that grace is working in me to accomplish everything that I need to accomplish today. There are times when I find myself with a lot of projects, a lot of pulls from a lot of different directions, a lot of pressures, and sometimes I do not do well until I have to stop and say, just God, help me. Just help me. Help me. Now, then, that, then I have to look to if I've been conscious of his grace and it doesn't seem like it's working as well now as it was or it just seems like it's out of reach, here's some things I can say. I can ask myself, am I doing it his way? God's grace is not there if you're not doing it the way he told you to do it. God's grace is not there. Ask yourself this, am I doing it at his direction? God is not going to grace something he didn't, he didn't ordain, like I said before. Ask yourself this, is, is, am I in a season that's coming to an end? I found myself in a season, you know, or in the early days of the church where I was cleaning somebody else's houses. That we needed the extra money. 
Our church was small. There wasn't much income coming in, so I needed a second job. And for the benefit of my children and the church schedule, I mean, I had to find something in cleaning houses was something where I could set my own schedule. But I found myself one day, you know, it hadn't been really an issue. One day I'm, I'm in somebody else's home washing somebody else's dishes and folding somebody else's clothes and cleaning somebody else's bathroom and, and making somebody else's bed and vacuuming somebody else's floor. And I'm just crying my eyes out. And God said, it's just a season. It's just a season. Sometimes the season is coming to an end. Sometimes we're in the middle of that season. Don't let go of the grace that God's given you for that season. You'll know when it's over. You'll begin to, you'll begin to sense. Everything's good, but you'll just begin to sense there's a waning of it. Okay, now it's time to move on. Now it's time to move on. Am I consistently depending on that grace? Are you consistently depending on it? And number five, maybe, is it time for me to stop what I'm doing? I had a situation, you know, not, several years ago as well with my mom. She had had so, shoulder surgery. It was a three-month-long recovery. I was doing like I had done with my dad, run home on the weekends, do everything I need to do here, run back to Jacksonville first thing Monday morning. I'm there till Friday. I come back on Friday. I've got to catch up with everything at home, here at the office, get it ready to go again. Do it all. And, and one day I finally just said, no, that's enough. I had, I had to go to my sister who, you know, she was doing the weekends while I was doing the, the weeks. She lived in Jacksonville. She could do you know, she could go home. She could come help with mom. She could go home and take care of her things, you know, and come back, you know, back and forth. Mom needed help at night, you know, for different things. So, you know, she could be, she could kind of come. If I, once I left home, I, 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 there was nothing I could do until I came back, period. And, but I found myself at a place where I finally just had to say, <clears throat> I can't do this anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, there are times when people, have put more on you than what you need to be taking on. And it's time for you to say, stop, enough, that's done. Grace can't carry you beyond what you should be doing. And sometimes people will expect more and more and more out of you, and they don't want to let you stop doing something that you've been doing because it benefits them. They just like it. You know, whatever. And there are times when that grace is gone because that job is over. And you need to recognize it and say, I'm done. I'm done. I love you. I'm done. Because sometimes people will find that they can do more for themselves than they thought they could or wanted to do. As long as, as, long as you're keeping doing it, they won't have to do it. But when you say, I'm done, now suddenly, oh, okay. You know, they're back to doing what they should be doing for themselves. So anyway, there's a lot of different aspects of that. Um... Remember this, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who strengthens me, who graces me, who enables me. His grace strengthens me. His grace enables me. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.